the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. We have an amazing man of God today, and it will blow your mind, but I want you to make sure you guys stick around for the latter part of the show, and it will make so much sense to you because chapter 12 ties up with what our study today and our guest. Our guest is Cyril Gordon. Cyril, thank you so much for being here today. If you would introduce yourself to our audience, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, hi. Cyril Gordon from uh, Gardena, California. Uh, I um, was born in France to a Jewish family, uh, apparently from the Levites and the Cohens. Wow. Uh, But I grew up in San Francisco. Uh, We were the only Jews in an Italian Catholic neighborhood. Oh, my goodness. And... um, uh, Grew up with Judaism, uh, did my bar mitzvah, uh, then off to college I went, UC Santa Barbara, where I studied art studio, I was a fine art painter, I did abstract painting, uh, did really well when I graduated uh, UC Santa Barbara, College of Creative Studies, uh, I was taken on by big collectors in France, uh, had a big studio up in Emeryville in the Bay Area, wow. in California. Uh, I did really well, uh, but I was spiritually bankrupt, uh, uh, and I started searching for the truth uh, uh, in college. Uh, when I got tired of the party scene, I didn't find any satisfaction in that, and uh, got into Eastern religion and philosophies. All, I just grabbed anything that looked like it was spiritual, uh, but I didn't find what the peace I was looking for. Uh, finally went back to my Jewish roots and studied in Israel with rabbis in Jerusalem. And there I came to see that without a doubt, the Bible was inspired by God. And for me back then, it was the Old Testament. And so I started taking it seriously as a Jew and uh, uh, started uh, trying to follow the Mosaic Law given to my people at Mount Sinai. Uh, after all, it says we'll be blessed if we follow them and cursed if we don't. And Look at the history of my people, and that's our case. So I thought, aha, all I have to do is follow these uh, several hundred laws of righteousness, and I'm good to go. This was back in 1989. And so I really tried with all my heart to, uh, to not steal, to not lie, to not uh, commit sexual sin, to observe the Sabbath and eat kosher. And I failed. I failed miserably in all those points. Uh, and I wondered what was missing in my life. Uh, uh, and uh, so I kept searching. I got into Jewish mysticism and Kabbalah. Uh, and in a difficult time in my life, I cried out to God for answers uh, while I was alone out in the desert in Southern California. And in His mercy, He showed me a vision in the clouds of a roadway to heaven guarded by two angels with six wings. And uh, wow. I looked at this vision and I wept because for the first time, God was answering me. And then something odd happened. Right next to this vision in the clouds of a roadway to heaven, there was a man that appeared with a beard and a crown of thorns around his head. Wow! And I wondered, who is that? And what does he have to do with the other vision? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm calling out to the God of Israel, and this guy like looks like Jesus shows up. Long story short... Uh, the, I almost died out in that desert. The sun went down. I was far away from, from my camp. It was the middle of winter. It was freezing out there, and I got lost in the desert in the middle of the night. Uh, I was rescued by some rangers who were out there looking, uh, checking up on an abandoned car. And um, uh, anyways, that whole experience got me looking into Jesus. And for four years, I grabbed anything I could about Jesus 
And uh, But I kept getting the wrong Jesus until I finally met a true Christian who pointed me to the right Jesus and made me jealous for Jesus as a Jew. Uh, and that's very biblical in Romans 11, 11. <clears throat> It says, salvation came to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. Mm. And this young lady made me envious with the, the spiritual peace that she had that I did not have wow. as an Orthodox Jew. And uh, she gave me a Bible and some books about Jesus by Josh McDowell, about the, the true Jesus. And I came to see what was missing in my life. I needed a sacrifice for my sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Uh, this is no longer taught to my Jewish people. The rabbis have replaced the need for blood with uh, prayer, and God never did that. Wow, that is that's why, powerful. That's why I never was forgiven on Yom Kippur when I fasted and prayed, because I didn't have a blood atonement. Wow. To realize and see that Jesus was that Lamb of God, is that Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, was great news to me, because I knew I was a sinner and I wasn't a problem. And so by myself, in my kitchen in San Francisco, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and right away I felt a heavy, dark oppression leave. It lifted from me. Powerful. And I'm sure some demons got kicked out. Amen. forgiven, I, the uh, spiritual peace came upon me, and I knew that I'd found what I was looking for. This was back in 1993. Uh, God totally transformed me. I stopped swearing, uh, overcame uh, sexual uh, addictions, uh, didn't need to party anymore, and uh, um, he, he directed me from then on. He became my shepherd and gave me a real passion for souls right away. And they gave me the gift of evangelism, and right away I uh, I was I got discipled in Hawaii for two years in a great church on the Big Island. Then I went off to Israel and did evangelism uh, with frontline evangelists out there, and then came back to the states and hit the streets in San Francisco for three years, uh, giving out Bibles, and then moved down to L.A. after I got married in 1999 to a wonderful uh, uh, Jewish believer in Jesus named Rhonda. A- Amen. That's a whole story in itself. <laughs> I can and, only imagine. Uh, yeah, so we joined a big ministry, an international ministry that reaches out to the Jews uh, in 1999, and we served there full-time in Los Angeles for 19 years. And then the Lord moved me to a smaller ministry called Jewish Outreach International, and uh, where I'm able to apply everything I've learned in the many years of evangelism. And um, uh, uh, we're, we're on the front lines right now in Venice Beach, California, uh, the second most visited place in California behind Disneyland. Uh, we're out there uh, making free Bibles available in English, Spanish, and Hebrew. We set up a table on the walkway. And 9,000 to 15,000 people scroll by our table every day that we're out there. Wow. Praise the Lord. All day long, people are coming by, getting prayer, getting the gospel, coming to faith, getting, uh, giving their lives to the Lord. It's, it's just, it's, 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 it's where the action is. That's powerful. Cyril, let me ask you a question. You know, I, I had an opportunity to see a, a, a video that was made by CBN. That and it's it's pretty powerful. Um, and I wanted to ask you a question. You know, I'm, you know, I'm so glad you're on the show because there's a lot of promises that God gave the Israelis, and 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 to me, it's like amazing because I see God doing something powerful. But let me ask you, um, as I'm looking at this video, I, you, it looks like you're a karate expert. Uh, I wasn't an expert, but I did uh, study martial arts when I was into my Eastern religion phase, uh, going to UC Santa Barbara. Uh, I did uh, wushu kung fu and hapkido. I I did kickboxing. I sparred. Uh, uh, Yeah, that was a a season in my life. Um, I think if I tried to kick someone now, I would hurt myself. (laughs) I love it. Thank you for being so real. So uh, let me ask you something. I, you know, this whole vision thing is amazing. 
you know, I, I've never really had a vision where I'm awake and I see something. And But I, I know people that have. And, and it just blew me away that you've had two visions, you know, prior to really knowing Jesus. And, and it makes sense to me because there's promises to the Jewish people that, that are, you know, are amazing to me. And so let me talk a little bit about that first vision you had, if, if you may. Um, so you have this vision where there's a stairway to heaven. It reminds me of Abraham. Can you give us a little uh, detail about that vision? Yeah, uh, actually, it was a, looking back, it wasn't really a stairway. It was a roadway. And I remember that clearly because I was a Led Zeppelin fan back in the day. And uh, they have a song, <laughs> Get Away to Heaven. Right. Uh, and this was a roadway. Uh, and uh, I, um, I, had, I had a girlfriend at the time that I got pregnant, and uh, uh, she ran off and got an abortion, and a heavy darkness had come over me after that. Wow. We broke up. It was a very difficult time. Um, you know, I didn't know much about abortions back then, uh, but looking back, it was a really bad decision to to uh, be a part of that. That's amazing and, because there's a repentant heart. That's, amen. So, yeah, continue, please. And so I was very distraught after that, and I needed answers. I knew that God existed. I was a, a modern Orthodox time, a modern Orthodox Jew at the time. I believed in the Bible, the Old Testament. But where was the living God of Israel that spoke to my forefathers? I wasn't hearing him. I didn't know anyone speaking to him. Uh, I needed answers. And um, uh, I had come to see that uh, the desert was an important place. When I studied with the rabbis in Israel, they, one of them had told, had told me, you want to get close to God, go to the desert. And wow. so I came back to California, and I started going to deserts with my friends. Uh, there's a lot of great deserts here in Southern California, Joshua Tree, Death Valley. Well, you know, it, Valley. It, it makes sense. I don't want to cut you off, but it makes sense. Jesus in the desert, um, Elijah in the desert. It makes perfect sense. Please continue. And so I started going to deserts, uh, not just to goof off or go on a hike, but really to talk to God and cry out to God. And in this instance, I really went out and, and uh, uh, poured out my, um, my heart. And in my, in a, you know, in my own way, I, I, I groaned to know God uh, after finding this isolated valley about six miles from my camp. Uh, and I learned how uh, my people offered sacrifices to God to commune with Him, and and so I offered this little sacrifice. I took all my food and I poured it out on a rock. Wow! And it was a it was basically saying, you know, Lord, show yourself, or I, I want to die out here. Wow! Uh, one level, and um, and after doing that, uh, it's when I, I looked up into the sky. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. Uh, but all of a sudden, this cloud appeared, and uh, it was a, a clear vision of two angels guarding this roadway to heaven. And I didn't hear anything. There were no voices, but I knew in my spirit that God was going to show me how to know Him. Wow. And then, of course, the vision of the man with the beard and the crown of thorns appeared. Uh, were these simultaneously back-to-back, or was there a period no. of time uh, between the first and the second vision? There was a period of time between the first and second day. Okay. And they, and they they stayed there all day until the sun went down. Wow. Um, and uh, uh, you know, after that, I started looking into Jesus, and it took me many years to figure out what God was trying to show me. Uh, I believe it was a, a passage from the New Testament where Jesus said, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. But through me. Amen, brother. Uh, because there was a vision of Jesus, and there was a roadway to heaven. Amen. And uh, so, uh, so yeah, so that, you know, I don't, I'm not special or anything because God gave me this vision. I just think it's something that I needed in my spiritual journey, and God was gracious. Yeah. Uh, it also, 
reminds me of a passage in Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 35, when the Lord is talking about uh, his um, dealings with my Jewish people. Uh, you know, we've, we were cast out of the land of Israel because of our rebellion. Uh, we were uh, dispersed all over the world. And the Lord says in Ezekiel 20, verse 35, and I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples, and there I will plead my case with you face to face. Wow, that is I, awesome. I think, I think that's what happened with me. And the wilderness in this case is the desert. Wow, that is awesome. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. And we have this amazing man of God whom who is Jewish, whom God revealed himself to, and he's sharing his experience with us. And Gordon, Serial uh, Gordon, thank you. Um, and as we continue, so you have this vision of now this man that, you know, of course everybody has seen pictures of Jesus, but he has a beard. And, and tell me a little bit about more of that. Uh, yeah, it was just, I think the message was uh, uh, that there was hope that God was going to show me the way. And it had something to do with this man with the beard and the crown of thorns. And so that's why I started looking into Jesus after this, uh, event that happened in about 1989, and um, I was uh, reading, I went to the used bookstore in Berkeley, where I was living in that area, uh, Moe's used bookstore, I picked up the New Testament, I started reading that, um, I was, um, I watched that movie, Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> grabbing anything about Jesus. Amen, uh, brother. Amen. Uh, but I was also reading these books by an author named Bagans, uh, who claimed that Jesus escaped the crucifixion. Oh, my and went goodness. Went to southern Europe and, and got married and had children, and his children became the kings of Europe. I mean, wow. And this, this whole secret societies came out of this, and, the, you know, the Knights Templar and all that. And, and I got caught up in that for about a year. Um, I was so desperate to understand this vision that I was even going to psychics and channelers. Wow! Even though I knew, even though I knew it was forbidden. Wow! And uh, kind of like know, Saul, kind of like Saul, right? Yeah, yeah, and they were, you know, misleading me and giving me the wrong Jesus, also. Wow, that is powerful. So you're doing all of this. You're you're now seeking God. You're wanting to to serve him wholeheartedly. Was the name of Jesus just ringing? Because you're obviously looking. And then what you you talked about this this girl that just brought you Jesus. And what happened at that moment? Well, uh, my brother went to Cal Poly uh, in. Um, uh, in, the, in the Central Coast, California, and I was living in San Francisco, and I went down there to help him move. He was renting from a, a young woman who was a Christian, and so when I went to help him move, I met her, and um, I saw her Bible, and it was all well used and read and outlined, and I said, wow, this girl's serious about about the Word of God, and we, we spoke that night, we all went out to dinner, and she shared with me, and uh, I, I just remember the faith she had that I didn't have, the, the spiritual peace. And I went back up to San Francisco, uh, and she sent me a whole box of books two weeks later about the real Jesus. Amen. Um, books like Evidence that, that, a man, that Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. Oh, I love more him. Than, Amen. More Than Carpenter. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And you know, I was not against looking into Jesus, uh, and so I read the read. I went into those. I read those books, and uh, found what was missing in my life through the many prophecies that were talked about in those books about Jesus from the Old Testament. Now, also, it's important to note that I'd gotten into some trouble um, uh, before this. Uh, I had a, a problem with. We'd go into uh, seeing prostitutes and going to massage parlors and looking at porn. I was addicted to that stuff by that time, and I couldn't find any freedom. I couldn't get out of it. Uh, wow. I knew it was, 
it was chains and it was scary. And I got into some trouble when I picked up a prostitute in San Francisco one night and she accused me of doing all this stuff I didn't do. And uh, it was it was pretty bad. I mean, I had three felonies hanging over my head, $25,000 bail. Wow. And uh, here I was locked up in SF County waiting for arraignment. And there were 80, 80 beds in this uh, in this section of the prison. And I got the last one. I'll never forget. It was the top bunk, way in the corner, and etched in the wall on top of my bunk in big, bold letters was Jesus. Oh, my goodness. So I got the Jesus bunk. Amen. And, uh, I'll never forget, because it was on that bunk that I cried out to God and said, you know, get me out of here and I'll do anything. Wow, that is and, totally God. Yeah, and so um, two days later, all the charges were dropped. Uh, I didn't even, have, didn't even have to go to arraignment. And uh, it was about three months after this experience that I ran into this Christian young lady, and she sent me those books, and I came to faith. Wow. You know, I, I'm, it's, it's powerful. Thank you. We have a couple of minutes, and, you know, I'm looking forward to even getting to know you on a deeper level. You're, you're an amazing man of God. Um, and you you will be coming to At The Cross Church on November 26th, and that's on a Sunday, and you'll be there for both services. But how can anyone between now and then look you up? Uh, um, maybe they want to speak to you. Maybe somebody is, I, not maybe, I believe somebody's hearing your, your word today because we got thousands listening, and they want, to see something further from you. How can people contact you, see you, or anything about you, Cyril? Uh, well, I, I work for Jewish Outreach International, and we have a website, uh, savethejews.org. Savethejews.org, okay. And you can go there, and I have a whole page with my testimony and pictures of the ministry we're doing at Venice Beach. Um, and uh, you could email me through that. You can even call me. I don't mind giving my phone number. I'm a public figure. Please, can uh, you do it now? Uh, yeah, my phone number is 310-991-3990. One more time, one more time. I, I love it. One more time. 310-991-3990. Amen. Feel free to call or text. Um, uh, I do specialize in reaching my Jewish people with the gospel, uh, and I, all our team that goes to Venice with me are trained to do that. Uh, it, it's my heart's desire that, that they would come to know their, their Messiah. Wow. That, you know, that statement reminds me of what, of what Paul said, that that was his burden in, in, uh, in Romans, I believe, chapter 11, that he wanted to see everybody saved. And then finally it says all of Israel will be saved. And God cannot lie. God yep. cannot lie. So, you know, we have a few minutes left. Can you leave our audience and all those listening uh, with a word of encouragement? We have exactly two minutes. Well, we have many people that come by our table at Venice Beach and have questions and are searching. And my advice to everyone is to seek the truth, to seek God with all your heart. Because uh, God said through the prophet Jeremiah, you shall seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That is powerful. Seek me with all your heart. And that's exactly what you did, Cyril. I, you know, you're awesome. You're awesome. I, 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 this is going to tie in perfectly with Zechariah chapter 12. Um, again, thank you so much for being on the show. And, and one more time, give them that website where they can go and find you, Cyril Gordon, and then be able to contact you. Uh, yeah, savethejews.org, and there you'll see pictures of me and my family and my wonderful wife, and we have three children and a grand granddaughter, and of course our two dogs. Wow, <laughs> two dogs. I mean, what kind of dogs do you have, briefly? Uh, Multi-poos. Uh, one of them is a mix uh, of multi-poo and terrier. <laughs> wow. Again, Gordon, I, I love you, and I'm looking forward to you coming to the church on November 26th. Uh, for both services, 8 and 10. And thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you. And may all the Jewish people come to know Jesus as well as all the Gentiles. 
Again, God bless you. We love you. We'll be right back. And stay tuned for Zechariah chapter 12. Woohoo! God is good! The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. We just had an incredible man of God, Cyril Gordon, and it's perfectly God ordained because it's going to tie up into the message. But before we start, I just want to remind you that we will be having an amazing event October 28th at the Amphitheater in Oceanside. It's a Seau Amphitheater, and there's going to be amazing people of God that will be there and some amazing worship. But as we begin into this message, um, we've been in the book of Zechariah, amazing powerful book we are in chapter 12 and this from here on it is mind-boggling 12 13 and 14 you have to be blind not to see jesus and not to see how prophetic and powerful this word is to you and i and so without further ado let's get started the burden of the word of the lord for Israel. See, God loves Israel. And and this is amazing as we go into this chapter. It says, Thus saith the Lord, thus saith Jehovah. Some of you may say, Yahweh. I know him as my God, my Lord, and my Savior, the true God, Jesus. John says that that Jesus Christ is the True God in 1 John 5, 20. And I can go on. In the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. But as we go into this, it says, Which stretcheth forth the heavens, and layeth for the foundation of the earth, and formeth the spirit of man with him. You know, he starts off with this chapter by literally going back to Genesis and telling us what God did on that day of creation. So let me tell you something. Whoever you are right now, and if you doubt Genesis, if you doubt creation, if you doubt what God did those first six days of creation, then we seriously have to reevaluate our relationship with God. Because it is important for you and I to believe what God did in Genesis. Because if you can't believe that, you will have problems with your relationship with God. Without believing the foundation, Jesus is just a name. Jesus is just a man and he's not God, let me read to you Genesis chapter 1 to refresh you, to show you how big your God is and my God is. It says, in the beginning, time, he created time, God created the heaven, space, and the earth. Boom! Instantly created time, space, 
in matter. Then it says, And the earth was without form, and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It wasn't evolution. It wasn't millions of years ago. That would be totally impossible. With our gravitational pull from the moon, the moon would be on the earth. It would not exist. Then it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, it's interesting because he didn't create the sun at this moment. He created light. Remember, God is glorious. God is light. Then it says, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day and the darkness he called night in the evening and the morning were the first day. No sun yet, light, time, beginning, the heavens, space, earth, matter. Light was there. And God said, let there be a ferment in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the ferment and divided the waters from under the ferment from the waters which were above the ferment. And it was so. And God called the ferment heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. Look what he creates on the second day. You just saw what he did. And then on the, and then God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together onto one place and let the dry land appear in it was so and God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters call he sees and God saw that it was good and God said let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. Plants were created before the sun. Now let's continue. And God said, Let there be lights in the ferment of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the ferment of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so he created the stars. Beautiful, amazing. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. He made all this on, let's read. And God set them in the ferment of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day, over the night and divided the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. The sun and the moon and the stars are created on the fourth day. And God said, let there be waters, bring forth abundantly the moving creatures, hath life and fowl that they may be above the earth and and, uh, open ferments of heaven. And God created great whales, the word is beast, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their Kind and every winged fowl after his kind, and God thought that it was good. We have never seen a transition from a bird to a fish, or from a fish to a bird, or from a cat to a dog. Dogs are always dogs, and cats are always cats. It's a kind. And you understand it. There's different types of dogs now. They breed them and they come up with different dogs. But it's always of a kind. And God blessed them saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters and the sea and let fowl, let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Birds, all the flying creatures, parrots, every, everything you can imagine Any dinosaurial creature that flew was created on this day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth 
after his kind, the dinosaurs and everything that comes apart, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God thought that it was good. And look what he does on the sixth day. And God said, let us make man in our image. Angels aren't made after, are not made after God's image. Only man. That's why you and I are so precious. Let me read that again. And let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which the fruit of the tree yieldeth." To you, you shall be meat for you, and every beast of the earth, and every fowl of the air, and everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein is life. I have given every green, every green herb for meat, and it was so. Mankind was vegetarian when he first created them. And God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was not just good. He had just created humanity. It was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. See, this is what Zechariah is reminding them of. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. And we just started Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1, but he reminds them of creation. He reminds them of the big God that they serve. He reminds them of the God that spoke it into existence. That, that's why we read Genesis 1 right now. Zechariah is inspiring them and reminding them what God did and what God could do. Be inspired. Nothing is impossible for your God. You know, that the sun is 1.2 times million bigger than the earth. That's awesome. There are stars that are a billion times bigger than our sun. You know, this, these other stars, suns, that's what they are, are so big that they can fill our whole galaxy. How big is your God? That's what he's doing right now. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. You know, he's reminding them that something in the future was going to happen when they would be a cup of trembling unto all the people round about them. That's very interesting to me because Israel has always been, always been a cup of trembling to every nation on planet Earth. For some reason, everyone has always hated them. They were dispersed among the whole world. Some of them worked very hard, walked away from God, became very wealthy acclimated into society but some you hear it all the time you're greedy like a Jew and and people have always always done this it's intoxicating to them and especially to the surrounding Muslim nations around them it's intoxicating to them and they hate the Jewish people with a passion. You know, what's interesting to me is that Islam claims that Jerusalem Jerusalem is their third holiest city. And what's mind-boggling is that the Quran never once mentions Jerusalem. 
never once mentions Jerusalem. It is something that they fabricated. And you're like, wait a minute. It's not mentioned? Not one time. There's no pilgrimages to Jerusalem. It's not an important thing. It's something they have that was invented. (laughs) Let me remind you that was invented by a Muslim leader when the Arabs were dominating and were the ruling nation right around Muhammad's time. And a guy named Yas, uh, a guy named, you may know him, Yasser Arafat, who had an uncle named Haj Amin al-Husseini, who was the past grant Mufti of Jerusalem promoted this myth in the 1920s, between 1920 and the 1930s. And the reason he promoted this is because some of the Israelis, before they were a nation, started coming back to Israel. And it was invented at that point. He even went as far as to say that that's where Muhammad ascended into heaven. (laughs) The Quran does not mention that. And they get it from this verse in Zura 17.1. They're like, why are you quoting the Quran? Because I want you to know the truth, how it's become a cup of trembling. Just like the Bible says, Zura 17.1 in the Quran says, glorified be he who carried his servant by night from the inviolable place of worship to the far distance place. Al-Qasah of worship, the, the neighborhood we have blessed that we might show him of our Islam tokens. Now, no doubt every Muslim knows that the inviolable place is the main place that they worship, which is Mecca, which is Mecca. And somehow this, this man who invented this story that that's where... Muhammad ascended from Haj Ami al-Husini, who was the grandfather to Yasser Arafat, invented it out of his own mind and made it up because, again, Jerusalem is not once named in the Quran. Not once. And the inviolable place, no doubt, is Mecca. Is Mecca. And not once again. Now, here's what's something that's interesting when you go into this mosque, it, it has a bunch of verses all over it in, inside of the uh, um, this place of worship, the, the Dome of the Rock that they have um, where the temple was supposedly or existed at one time. They believe that it was there, but now they know that it wasn't built where they have the Dome of the Rock. This is what's mind-boggling. Not one time... In that whole dome is Zura 17.1 mentioned in the dome. You would think it should be there. This is where they say Muhammad ascended into heaven. Not once is it in there. Not once. Now, there was a ruler during this time uh, that he built this this mosque. Not because... It was a holy place, but because the guy's name was Abdal Malik, you can look it up, Abdal Malik, wanted to get revenue from all the pilgrim worshipers that pass through Jerusalem. So, of course, he built this dome and taxed the folks. It wasn't... A place that all the Muslims went to. It was Mecca. And they still go to Mecca. It has become a cup of trembling. Of trembling. To every nation. You know, you have now the UN trying to put their their feet into this. It's not going to happen. You know that. In the Bible, Jerusalem is mentioned at least 800 times. 800 times. 
Psalms 22, 6, this, this. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell you to pray for anywhere's house. For Mecca, for San Diego, for L.A., uh, by name. It doesn't tell you to pray for Cairo. It doesn't tell you to pray for Bethlehem. It tells you to pray for Jerusalem. In Psalms 22, 6, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. That is powerful. Second Chronicles 6, 6 says this. Yet have I chosen Jerusalem, and my name may be there. This is Jehovah. This is God. And I have chosen David to be over my people, Israel. And, and there's another passage at Second Chronicles 33, 7 that says this. He said, even a carved image where they wrote it down, the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon, his son, in this house... And in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. It is important to God. The new city in heaven is named the heavenly Jerusalem. Look what Hebrews 22.12 says. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. That is a powerful word. You could look at Zechariah and say, whoa, that is inspiring. That is awesome. In that day will I make Jerusalem a burden and stone for all the people, all the burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces through the through all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. One day, in Megiddo, there's going to be a massive war there. We've seen a lot of things take place there. And that day, says the Lord, this is no doubt st- talking about this future war. I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness. And I will open up upon the, my eyes upon the house of Judah. And I will smite every horse of the people with blindness. You know that saying? That God has his eye on Jerusalem. That God will always protect Jerusalem. And the governments of Judah shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength and the Lord of hosts, their God. God! They will trust God in that day. I will make the governors of Judah like a hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch of fire in a sheep. And they shall devour all the people round about it on the, on the right hand and on the left. And Jerusalem shall be inhabited again, her own place, even in Jerusalem. Isaiah 65, 66. It will be the city of God for a thousand years. You can look that up in Revelation chapter 19 and 20. It's amazing what God's going to do. And the Lord also should say the tents, the tents of Judah first with that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not, do not magnify themselves against Judah. God's going to protect them. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem and he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David... They're going to be powerful. Remember David? David killed the Philistine. David was a powerful warrior. They're all going to be warriors. David, when even before he became king, he killed a lion, a lion and a bear. He was defending his flock. They're going to be like David. And the house of David shall be as God and as the angel of the Lord before them. Powerful. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Don't mess with Jerusalem. It's God's. It belongs to God. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Listen to this verse. It's powerful. The spirit of grace and supplication. Grace has always been around. People think that it's a new concept in the New Testament. Here it is. Grace and of supplication. They shall look upon. Look what this says. And they shall look upon me. This is Jehovah. This is Yahweh speaking. The triune God whom they have pierced. God is saying they will look on me whom they have pierced to look at me. God, Jehovah, Yahweh, whom they have pierced. You know what? In, in, in Zechariah 13, 6, it says this. And one shall say unto him, say unto to him, to God, to Jehovah, what are these wombs in thy hands? They put a corn 
a, a, a crown of thorns on his head. They pierced his head. They put nails in his, ha- in his hands. They pierced his hands. And they put a sword in his thigh. They pierced his thigh. They will see that. You know that John spoke when they saw Jesus again. When John was speaking to him, Jesus appeared to the disciples. They saw his piercings. Put your hands in my piercings, in my pierced hands. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for that that day and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. See, you look upon Jesus and then your sins are revealed to you and you give them to God. You say, God, forgive me that day. Shall there be a great morning in Jerusalem as the morning of Hadamam in the valley of Gideon? They shall mourn and the, and the land shall mourn. Every family apart, the family house of David apart and their wives apart, the family house of Nathan apart and their wives and the family house of Levi apart from their wives. The family of Shimiel apart and the wives apart. All the families that remain, every family apart and their wives apart. Exactly what Paul said all of Israel shall be saved we love you God bless you thank you for being on the show today Jesus loves you the triune God they'll look upon his pierced hands look onto him Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.